I think we're saying the same thing. Okay, what are we saying? We're saying that we're fine with being being called Mr. Fantastic. I mean, in different words, right? No, no. Read, look. What we're saying is, you should be called Mr. Stretchy Arm. Welcome, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Heck Yeah Comics Podcast. Heck yeah. I'm your host, David Luzader, and with me, as always, is... Nick Shermukinis. Are you going to go with a new pronunciation every week? No. I just... It's been brought up a couple times today, so it's fresh on my mind. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, welcome, welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you, David. Welcome to the show. Thank you, and welcome, listeners. Uh, thank you for allowing us to ramble in your ears once again. It truly is a special and intimate way to communicate it's or just... reach out or whatever. All right. Anyway, uh, look before. <laughs> <laughs> or are you in like a whatever mood? Like oh, Nick's talking. Whatever. All right. Next subject. I mean, partially. Well, I mean, partially. Okay. We're getting started a little late because somebody had a long day. Oh, they had to read comics hey. when they got home. Oh. Your your ability to empathize with my plight is sorely lacking. Yeah, what are you gonna do? No, no, no. I'm glad. I'm glad that we're doing this. You know, glad we pulled out. And I'm glad that we're stuff. about to talk about comics. We are about to talk about comics. Before we begin, I need to out myself here um, as as a Matt Ryan fanboy, full on, apparently, according to Nick. Yeah, I mean, you you really have like been sending me at least one or two Matt Ryan texts a day. <laughs> a day, just mostly about how dreamy he is. That is basically on the nose, people. That is exactly what he's doing. No, no, I just realized that Matt Ryan is the voice and likeness used for Edward Kenway in Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which you think I would have realized when I was watching Constantine. I should have been like, oh, that guy looks and sounds incredibly familiar. But uh, I am a little slow on the uptake there. So now I have posters of him in my room. Is what wow, it comes down to. really? That, that's how far it's gone in just a matter of days? Yeah, in a matter like of hours. This is just, it's a bit crazy. Wow. <sighs> I mean, hey, David, like, you can fantasize over whoever you want. Uh, probably wouldn't be Matt Ryan. Not that he's not a, you know, good-looking fellow. You just but... refer to him as dreamy. <laughs> that doesn't mean I dream of, <laughs> dang <You're>... it. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a corner. Yep, so I'm... Um, tell, okay, not... I don't... Have we talked about Constantine yet on the show? We did. did. We, we talked we about did. the first we episode. We did. I haven't seen the other ones, but feel free. You know, now that we're we're two episodes in now. Well, right? no. See, I don't. I, I do think Zed is a much better companion. I'll say to uh-huh. him. Uh, okay, Doctor Who. Yeah, I. I mean, it's kind of the best comparison, but she's not as like naive as they were setting up uh, the other girl whose name Liv, I've already forgotten. Liv, Liv Aberdeen. Yeah. She's not as like naive and like frightened by things as as Liv was. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a little more like okay, things are weird, but I'm accepting it and just rolling with the punches. Okay. Uh, I think it's I don't want to talk about it too much because there's only been two episodes and there's only been one with Zed. Uh, but as the show progresses, probably several episodes in, I'll want to come back and talk about it. Uh, it totally is directly. It's shown that he smokes. We just don't see it. 
because mm-hmm. there's a scene where he walks into a room with a cigarette between his lips and he goes to light it and then something stops him so interesting yeah I, interesting. i'm curious how they got away with that because they made it seem like nope like he's just he's not a smoker but apparently he is huh well i i think that's the way where they can cop they can compromise with what the studio wants which is really the only thing keeping them from putting cigarettes in his hand and put it into a larger story within the the framework of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, but that being said, just I, I'm just really curious. Just give me the five second, you know, an, uh, you know, a two second answer. Um, do you feel from from the pilot, which you know we both liked, but we could see where it was kind of wonky in places, mm-hmm. you know, which I think was more of a structural structural issue than a content issue. Do you feel that now that we're on to the second episode, was there? A clear like that they 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 I don't want to say the word step it up, but like that they that it seemed much smoother. Yes, especially pacing wise, it was a little more calmed down, a little more slowed down. First yeah, seasons, I are, think pacing was the big issue. Yeah, first seasons are really tricky, especially with a show like this. Uh, you know, there's there's so much that they're trying to draw in a general audience, in without bogging stuff down too much in like heavy exposition because they want someone who's coming out on episode three or four to feel like okay i can track with this really easily rather mm-hmm. you know rather than being like well crap you know i don't want to pick it up now i have to go watch even though it's a lot easier these days like now i have to go watch the last you know five episodes to figure out what the heck's really going on right uh i think the further we get in and i really hope it gets a second season because i think it's really going to hit its stride and then you know, after a year of doing this and getting comfortable, that if if it mm-hmm. gets a second season, I think we're really going to see the show blossom in a lot of ways there, okay. which is really a really big thing to say two two episodes in. It's just kind of my general mm-hmm. thoughts, kind of how I, I generally feel how TV shows uh, like this go. It's yeah. uh, how we've seen how we've seen with something like Arrow, which is another recent comic book adaptation. Um, I and I hear people are saying that Shield is actually a lot better this season. Still haven't watched it. Uh, great, you know. I mean, that's. I'm glad to hear that. All, all the power to it, you know. Yeah. So I think we'll kind of come back to Constantine, maybe like around episode eight or ten, somewhere around there. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely be caught up by then. Okay. Great. Okay. Okay. Good. Sorry. Sorry. So, I say that now. I know. Yeah. You really shouldn't commit. I, I really shouldn't commit to anything. Did we Did we discuss last episode about how far we got on the Constantine challenge? You know, why do you got to keep bringing it up? I think we did. I think we did. I think we did. But but I... Anyway, anyway, anyway. Enough of that. Enough of that. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the moral of the story is, <laughs> people, don't make commitments. Yeah, well, we shouldn't make commitments to uh, our listeners, because we'll just, we'll just let them down. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's hey, People come no, here we'll... for the quality disappointment. <laughs> they can't get it anywhere else. Anyway, let's talk about let's talk about books this week, not just shows. Let's talk about some books. Books. All right, books. I read books. So it seems like we each have one we want to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. Who uh, who should go first? Uh, Tell me about Tooth and Claw, because you kind of heard me mumbling about the book I was reading five seconds before the show. True. Okay, so Tooth and Claw, I was not actually planning on picking up today. I I was looking at, you know, I walked into my shop. uh, You know, the guy, Hank, hey, Hank, he was there. Uh, and he was like, oh, you know, there's some really cool indie books coming out this week and kind of gave me the lowdown real quick on, I, th- I forget what the other one is, the Monkey Biker Gang book. Uh, I think, uh, oh, Humans? humans. I, think, I think it's or just called humans? humans. The Humans, yeah. 
It's like, oh yeah, the humans came out in Tooth and Claw, and I was like, awesome, I don't know what those are. And I grabbed my stuff, and I went back to the new wall, and I saw Tooth and Claw, and I, you know, was looking, I just picked it up, looked at it, saw that it's 48 pages for two ninety nine. Oh, not bad. Yeah, I'm like, that's a deal that I really would feel stupid passing up. Fair so, enough. So, I picked it up. Uh, just, just the quick skinny, uh, Kurt Busiek. Kurt Busiek or Busiek or something like Hugh that. Yeah. Busiek. Uh, Benjamin Dewey is the artist. Uh, Kurt's the writer. Uh, Jordi Belair, who works on Moon Knight, who I have celebrated a lot, uh, is is the color colorist in this. Um, great colorist, absolutely. Great. Oh, and let me tell you, phenomenal in this book. Totally different from, uh, from from Moon Knight, and it's really I have to give it because I, you know, I I really love how how she does the the colors in Moon Knight. I don't know if Jordy is a girl. Jordy is a girl. It. She is. Yes. Okay, we've made this mistake before. Have we? Well, yeah. remember the... you someone you had to apologize. Oh, Andrea, uh, Andrea, Andrea, Andrea Sorrentino. Andrea. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reason that I know for one hundred percent sure is because in the back there's this whole like little fake conversation, uh, you know, the writer talking to the artist, and at some point it's like Kurt Jordy Belair's in town. She colors great stuff like Moon Knight and Pretty Deadly. So, going with a she on this. Uh, okay, great. Works for me. All right. Anyway, so I've only seen Jordy as far as I know. I could have seen her color other stuff, uh, doing Moon Knight, and now doing this just really her talents are are incredible just the colors in this are really rich and Mm -hmm. and just really so well done really captures the mood anyway uh don't want to get too much into what it's about because there's a you know it's almost 50 pages uh it's basically about it's this big big sprawling fantasy story uh Mm -hmm. about these animal people uh all right they're literally you know, we, we've seen like the hybrids like this before. It's basically people with animal heads and tails, you know, tails befitting whatever species they are. And you've got like cat people, dogs, there's bears, there's like chameleon, chameleon people. Uh, and there's this whole system set up where there's the people who lives, who live on the clouds, basically like these floating cities. And you have the people mm-hmm. down who live on the actual planet. Uh, who do all like the labor and the grunt work and like growing, you know, crops and all that, and they do work for the people who work who live in the sky, who then give them magic, you know, t- to use to heal themselves or or you know what have you. Um, but it's it's revealed that magic is dying, and magic mm-hmm. is running out, and if that happens, obviously, this whole cast hierarchy system is going to collapse and their entire way of life is going to be destroyed so that's kind of that's the scene that we're set up on here um you've like already got me sold on this and i'm not usually a big fantasy person oh dude this book is really good i was actually really impressed for a book that i just picked up on a whim um the writing the writing is really well done it's 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 a narrated story uh well and, and it didn't occur to me before i apologize for interrupting but yeah. do you you know kerbusiak right i mean i know that he's done uh some i know that he did astro city and avengers and and did you ever read marvels i don't know if i have okay marvel he, he he's a he he might not be as quote unquote popular now 
but he's 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 been a big deal in comic books. I'll put it that way. Wait a second. Wait a second. In the past, Marvels. It's the one where it's like oh oh the Alex. Ross. Oh my gosh! Yes, I love Marvel. I recommended Marvels. How did I not put that? <laughs> Oh, oh man! I don't. I don't always remember. Apology. I always don't remember who wrote who wrote what. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. I can't believe this slipped my mind. Oh my gosh, that explains uh, partially why I loved it so much. David, David, I know that was a big. Okay, I, I'll be honest. Like, I Tooth and Claws, like, been kind of on my peripherals. Like, I keep seeing the name, and like, people are like, "This book got some buzz," and I never bothered to check out who was actually working on it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like, uh, definitely, Kurt Music is enough to sort of be like, "I should check this out." So. Yeah, I knew nothing about this going in, and I think that probably helped. You know, I didn't overhype it. I just came in very low-key, really, really liked it. I really have to say that uh, Benjamin Dewey's art is phenomenal in this book. You know, you're dealing with with animal people, and animals don't, you know, aren't known for having expressive faces that can show the same uh, minute emotions that humans can, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. But he's just done such such a good job, and the level of detail in his artwork, oh, it is it's just incredible. It's so very well done. Um, oh man, there's just this. Uh, sorry, I'm just flipping through it right now. There's this really beautiful part, like in the middle, and just the colors and the art and everything is just so great, all coming together in it. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, so so the fact that it's 48 pages, I think, really helped it. Mm-hmm. because there's a lot that they wanted to do in, in the setup of the story and mm-hmm. it, if it was spread out over two that would have been okay i would have found myself i i think there could have been like a, a nice cliffhanger but the fact that they didn't have to worry about that, that they could have just told this whole opening chapter was really to their benefit mm-hmm. and i am entirely sold on this book now you know now like a very clear picture of where we're launching off from is is painted and i kind of wish that more issues that you know more number one issues would be double sized sized or like have have a bigger size so they don't have to uh, rush the pacing and fit a whole bunch of stuff into the introduction Mm -hmm. just like hey you know we're going to tell this story at a good pace so people know where we're coming from and i i definitely going to be putting this on my list uh, oh hey, that, that hey, getting a book put on your pull list is a pretty good recommendation. Yeah, it's hard to to do that, you know, because you yeah you know you, you want to keep yourself balanced without going too expensive yeah. each week. But this is this is <laughs> how one, do you do that? Yeah, this is one that I would uh, I would be kicking myself if if I didn't keep up with. All right. I'm thinking I might, you know I might have a new I don't want to say new favorite book, but I have a. a a book to watch. A book to watch. I, you know, this is this is how I feel. Like this is kind of how I feel. I should have felt about Copperhead, and I'm liking Copperhead a lot more now. But mm-hmm. my reaction if to this, had, film, if, yeah. If you'd have the first two issues of Copperhead all at once. See, I don't. I, I, I don't want to get like too much into this because uh, I would feel bad saying anything bad about Copperhead, but it just didn't grip me the same way. Hey, that this has. Hey, clearly, Tooth and Claw is a very different beast. Excuse my pun, than Copperhead. And maybe you know, maybe I kind of expressed some some woes about the sci-fi western idea. Yeah. In reading yeah, it, maybe, like maybe this just hit my that, stride a lot more. Yeah, and I think you're a guy where maybe you you know, 
I mean, I think you're in like you, you seem like you're into fantasy, but you don't necessarily are like constantly surrounded by it. Um, that maybe it just feels like a, a with all the books we're reading, like I mean, especially superhero books, they're kind of westerns in a way, where I mean, everyone's essentially like an outlaw because they're a vigilante, and you know, a lot of the same that the tropes are similar from like pulpy characters to western characters. But whereas something like fantasy, like it, it there is intermingling, but it's it's mm-hmm. it's 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 it's, it's it's distinct from probably our, our usual pull, you know? Yeah, especially with comics. I don't think I'm reading many fantasy comics. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe it's just that kind of change of pace with everything. And fantasy, it's a hard genre to write these days because there's so many tropes about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it's so easy just to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to tell, like, the Tolkien fantasy story and just to have it come from this sort of fresh perspective people have done these kind of stories before with these sort of animal people but it just it worked for me um i'm in big old fan great yeah do you like Susan claw as much as you like matt ryan <sighs> that is uh that is tough i mean i don't I, but if matt ryan listens to this show i can't let him down <laughs> if matt ryan was listening to this show I, I mean, I would, I, I would, I would freak out a little, like just because, holy crap, somebody that high up on the food chain knows that we're doing this. Hey, you know what? Stranger things have happened. It's true. It's true. Anyway, awesome. but let's awesome. talk about Amazing Spider-Man number nine, aka Spider-Verse number one. Bojack Horseman. Bojack Horseman. The Bojack Horseman story. <laughs> Chapter one. Bojack Horseman. All right, so obviously my book's a little bit more in line in the mainstream, um, but it's been a hotly anticipated storyline uh, that's been teased for like the last four or five months, I want to say. And, and you've been really excited for it. I have been really excited for it. It's just, I, I remember, you know, watching the cartoons as a kid, like the 90s uh, Spider-Man show, and I remember like near the end, um, you know, there was sort of like this crossover where a bunch of different Spider-Men kind of like got together and like Spider-Man was trying to find Mary Jane and all this stuff. Anyway, mm-hmm. it, I, 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 I'm a big alternate reality guy. You know, I like seeing alternate realities because on one hand, while they might not count in a sense as far as the greater narrative of like the, the quote unquote the Marvel Universe or the DC Universe or what have you. It's a it's a character that you can get introduced to that you can build this whole world this whole alternate take and there's real stakes there because it's not being held down by you know whatever editorial mandate it's basically like oh you create this character run with it you know everyone dies everyone doesn't die it doesn't yeah. matter well yeah it's it's, uh, it's it's like we kind of reach this saturation point where it's like okay we've done everything we can with Peter Parker being in New York like at, in the six one six universe what if uh, Peter Parker what Peter Parker was Peter Parker or like you know what if Peter Parker like was in Los Angeles and he had a giant robot that he you know fought crime in like oh, it, it, right, it is keep, it, going, keep going keep going uh that, oh I don't I don't know it's it's gonna get bad it's gonna get bad it's if good. I try it's gonna get bad maybe uh, derivative because there's already a couple spider people with giant robots yes anyway, um, but, but still still I, I kind of like where you were going David let's talk after the show um <laughs> So uh, anyway, uh, unfortunately with Spider-Verse, uh, uh, everyone dies. Hmm, uh, all right. Well, event uh, update. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that, that's it. That's Spider-Verse. Um, <laughs> that was simple. Man, they really got to the point there. All right. First off, let me get out of the way that 
I, I, I imagine people know that I was a big, big fan of Superior Spider-Man. And and without my usual patented going on long tangents, uh, I had... Oh, man. Can, we, been... can we get Ben in on this call real quick? Uh, oh, man, I wish I could. That would be awesome. Only so I could just totally annoy him. Um, but uh, prior to Superior Spider-Man, I had only really been reading Spider-Man off and on for a few years, basically since the brand new day era started because I was, I came in on the J. Michael Straczynski run, um, and loved it like that. You know, when you kind of look back and you get nostalgic, like that's kind of where my Spider-Man truly started was that run. And of course he took me all the way to the point of Spider-Man where I kind of jumped off and I was like, all right, I really don't like how one more day was executed. I, I just, I, I don't have it in me to really follow up. Like I read the first few issues of brand new day and then I came back around for like new ways to die. And then like a little bit here or there, but I just, I, there was part of me that just still felt like this isn't my Peter Parker anymore. Like, you know, like clearly I had bigger things to worry about in life. Um, but at the time it, it seemed important to me. So anyway, mm -hmm. superior Spider-Man happens and I'm like, Holy crap, like this is different. This is weird, but it's awesome. And like I had read some Dan Slot here or there, you know, and he's not necessarily like one of my all time favorites, but generally I found his work to be at the very minimal competent. Um, but with Superior Spider Man, I was just taken to a whole new level. I liked where he was going, even though I felt that by the end of it, that uh, Dr. Octopus was kind of shuffled off the board a little too quickly. Um, it's still definitely one of my all time favorite comic runs in a lot in, in like the last decade. Mm -hmm. um, and then Peter Parker comes back. The Peter Parker comes back, and for the last eight issues, I've really, it's, I've had a hard time warming up to him again. Hmm. I, I've I found, and I, I actually using the Marvel Unlimited app. I've I've gone back and I started with the brand new day era, and I've kind of worked my way through, and now I'm somewhere in Dan Slott's solo run, um, somewhere prior to the start of Superior Spider-Man. I'm getting closer and closer to where I came back in, um, and. Uh, I I did I don't mind his Peter Parker so much in, in those books, but since since Doc Ock was shuffled off and Peter came back full full force, I've just found him to be so obnoxious, unreliable, doesn't think things through. And I realize that these are traits that kind of makes quote Peter oh. seem relatable, but like as I'm getting older and I'm kind of at that age, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. David? Yeah. You dipped out for a second. Okay. You're good. Okay. You know, now that I'm getting to this age that, like, Peter basically is at in the books, like, he's kind of like a 25, 26-year-old. That's kind of where they've frozen him. Um, you know, I'm thinking about all these responsibilities that I'm taking on, moving further with my life, you know, making progress. And so watching this this person that in a lot of ways I've idolized, over, you know, since childhood is like, oh, I'm kind of moving past Peter Parker. Like, he's getting all these opportunities, mm -hmm. you know, that he's just, like he just doesn't appreciate and i realize that part of it is because he puts his life on the line of spider-man but and, and although doc ock went to the extremes with some of his approaches at least initially he was kind of trying to look at the practical side of being spider-man and wasn't letting it get in the way of his personal side so that i kind of i was like oh that's when you that's what i need to figure out in my life you know because i'm spider-man mm -hmm. um Anyway, getting all that out of the way, I haven't been as warmed up to, to Peter Parker in a long time, uh, and I feel like I'm moving past him. But that's neither here nor there. We, you know, they we, say oh, they say we should never meet our heroes, Nick. Yeah. Right, right. It's tough. It's tough. But so we open the issue with uh, Peter Parker sleeping, uh, not naked. That's going to become important. Uh, <laughs> he gets a phone call 
and it's uh, James Jameson, and he's telling Peter that he needs him to get over to Armstrong Park to take some photos because some super-powered punk is tearing up the place. Peter's like, I'm on my way, so he throws on his spider skivvies and and swings out, ends up coming across face-to-face with Moreland. Now, remember how I said I started with the J. Michael Straczynski run? Right. One thing that's really gotten me excited about Spider-Verse is because it's featuring Moreland and they're expanding on his mythology, and he was originally introduced in the first few issues of Straczynski's Spider-Man run. Right. So it's 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 kind of coming back full circle now to to where I I truly I feel like I truly began my my journey with Spider-Man. Anyway, Peter Parker lands, starts to fight Merlin. Merlin immediately snaps his neck, and then eats him. And you find out that this eats Peter him? Parker, he, oh, like he's like like he's like kind of like a vampire. He's a totem vampire. Oh, okay. uh, if I if I haven't explained Moreland before, yeah, you have, he, you have. Okay, um, so he's he's a totemic vampire, and he's basically draining the energies from Peter Parker below the statue of Armstrong Park because this this opening uh, scene actually takes place on the moon. What? What? Anyway, he died. <laughs> the end. <laughs> the end. And then from there, just okay. Okay, Dan Slott, this is something where I don't know if, like, he just was, like, pulling his punches until now. The first eight issues of this this new Amazing Spider-Man volume have been kind of uneven. Like, some have been good. Some have been like, what, dude? What were you thinking? Other ones have been like, okay. This is something where, like, Dan Slott was saving all of, the, all of his energy for Amazing Spider-Man number nine. Because it just, it there's, there's some lines here there that are kind of wonky. You kind of heard me kind of mumbling some of them as I read it. Yeah. Um, but overall, hey, like, like the, the dialogue just clicks. The scenes just work. Some of them are creepy. Some of them are cool. Some of them are sad. And it's all assisted by great, great artwork from Olivia Coppell, who's a guy who I've wanted to work on Spider-Man, like the actual book, forever. And now he finally is. So it's hard to resist this book. With so many elements that I just love about Spider-Man, that I love about comic books, all in one package. Um, I mean, from there, it's kind of it's kind of a cool, you know, initial issue. I mean, I, I do feel like maybe you, you'll feel a little lost um, if you haven't kind of at least been reading the the previous eight issues. Mm. Um, well, I think this kind of relies on that you have a, a pretty entrenched knowledge of Spider-Man. This is not yeah, a general yeah. event. You know, it, 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 this is Spider Verse number one, but it's not Spider Verse number one. It's Amazing Spider Man number nine. So right. I mean, there are definitely going to be people that are coming in on this issue just to see what's going on. So hopefully mm. that encourages them to pick up the previous issues. Yeah, yeah. But but either way, um, it basically lead, leads a bunch of like all the Spider Man characters that live on Earth six sixteen, you know, kind of converge at one point during the middle of a, a botched bank robbery. And then other spider characters from the other dimension show up, like the the British Spider UK, uh, Spider Girl, the, the future daughter of Peter Parker, Sp- uh, Spider Ham, all of them kind of convergent. Like Peter, we need your help. Um, you're like the like you're like all like the Great Web or something, or like all converging on you. And he's like, ah! like it's one of those things where like Peter, like he's they're, they're portraying him, and I understand why is like this guy that's kind of like. You know, even though like like they even reference in the book like, oh, we've met before, you know, he's just like, oh, my God, like this is all overwhelming. Like, I don't get what's going on. It's like, Peter, you're not stupid. Like you're an Avenger. You know, you, you've 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 
you know, walked with gods and cried with angels. Like you've been everywhere for a 25 year old, you know, and you're acting like a, you're acting like a a doofus for the sake of the plot, you know, but he gets, they all get whisked away through this portal because when he finds out that they're there because of Moreland, he's like, uh, uh, I don't want to be on this planet if he's coming around. Okay. Um, so they all leave through the portal. They unfortunately forgot to pick up Scarlet Spider, the clone of Peter Parker, uh, along the way. So he's already being attacked by Morlun's older brother, Deimos. Um, but he, but uh, Scarlet Spider ends up being rescued by another group of alternate dimension spider people, and he gets he gets saved, though he's badly hurt. And then you know, like it, it kind of resolves there. There's a cliffhanger involving Miles Morales. Um, um, there's, 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 a, there's a lot of cool elements to this book. I don't want to go through the whole story. I hope. Oh, I, mean, what, I was going to say, what's up. great is the way that you're going. I don't have to pick this thing up because no, no, you still have to read it. I, I, I've omitted a lot of deeper details. Okay. Um, but anyway, it's it's a cool book. Check it out for the artwork alone, man. Like definitely. Um, and there's a backup material which I haven't read yet because I was reading it right before the show. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I'm glad I took the time. You know, even though we're starting the show late, like I'm glad I kind of like paced myself while reading it and not just rush through it. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's one of those things where like you get hyped. Like I was super hyped for for Axis, and and I know we're going to talk about Axis in a minute, but like I, I do feel at least on the first issue, I was kind of let down. This is one of the few times with a Marvel or DC event where like I was excited about it ahead of time, and it's mm-hmm. actually at the very least matched my excitement. Okay, cool. I can which is a cool that. thing to say. So. Spider-Verse number one, a.k.a. Amazing Spider-Man number nine, a.k.a. the BoJack Horseman story, is on sale now. Chapter one. one. Chapter. Uh, okay, so, you know, speaking of events, I, I'm i impressed, disappointed, and I don't know why I'm surprised that they are finding incredible ways to milk the death of Logan. Now, this week came out the death of Logan, or Logan's legacy or whatever, Weapon X. I have not read it. I don't know why I continue to complain about these things, but whatever. It's why we're here. Complaining is apparently good for your health. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this rate, I'm going to live forever. They're on my docket to read eventually. I do know that there there was like a one-shot release called uh, Death of Wolverine Life After Logan, and that's just kind of like a – kind of shows a snapshot of like a few characters like Colossus and Nightcrawler, Cyclops, and I believe Armor. See, like that Josh would be okay. Like, like several, you know, several weeks or months later, like doing that. But it's just well, like, hey, let's let's try to think of every little thing that relates to Logan, and then make a series out of it for a little while. Well, you know, in in January they, you know, they announced or they announced that for January there's there's going to be a weekly book called Wolverines. Yeah. Okay. Let's like, not talk about this. I don't want to. Well, all I'm saying is the and and sure that. I'm not saying they're not milking it, but the, the the Logan Legacy Weapon X is, according to Charles Soule, it's kind of like like that and the other Logan Legacy books, which I think are just called Logan Legacy, mm-hmm. um, are kind of intertwined. Like a lot of elements from from both uh, and from both books are direct fallout from the actual Death of Wolverine miniseries, uh-huh. and and so they're they're going they're basically the bridge between Death of Wolverine and Wolverines. So okay. it's a lot of material to sink your teeth into. So if you're really into Wolverine, then you're going to love it. If you're tired of marketing ploys like Dave Luzader, then you're going to hate it. Or 
or respected grudgingly or not respected or whatever. Anyway, the point uh, is that's what, that's basically why it's there. So I hopped over to iswolverinestilldead.com for a quick update. Yes, Wolverine is still dead. Wolverine has been <laughs> dead for three weeks. Uh, with that, we're going to move on to our event update. Event update. This week we are talking about... Uh, I should probably get the full title of this. We say Marvel's Avengers and X Men Axis, right? Is that that's like the full title? That's what we're going with. Avengers and X Men Axis. Well, now we're on Axis. book four. Whatever. So uh, a lot's happened. Book four. I believe book four came out today, right? Book four did come out today. Yes. Right. I'm a little behind, but I, I did. I have read both. Well, I say a lot's happened, but that's um, kind of a lie. Things have happened. Uh, I don't want us to like sit here because we could sit. We'd have to sit here for like five minutes to hash out everything that's happened. Um, I'm okay sitting here for five minutes. If you have five minutes, well, you know we have. We, there's just so much other stuff to talk about. And I don't want us. We'll get to it. I don't. I don't, I don't like. Minutes. I don't like when this show is us just describing what happened in a book. We'll describe what happens. Tell me about how it makes you feel. Oh man, do I have some thoughts. So when I first that's finished true. issue three. I thought, because the way that issue three ends is they apparently uh, defeat the Red Skull and every everyone's like together on this island, like in the middle of nowhere, and they're all arguing. The X-Men want to take Red Skull's body back because it might still have some of Xavier inside of it. And the Avengers want to take him because, no, this is the Red Skull why would we give him over to you guys when we have to put him on trial, yada, yada, yada. And then it just turns into this really weird schism where suddenly the X-Men are like, what the hell? Like, this is the worst affront to us of all time. We hate you guys. We never want to be Avengers again. And the Avengers are like, cool, go. We don't care. And that, like, now reading issue four, obviously it's because of something that Red Skull did, which is causing the whole inversion and everyone turning against each other slash on their nature. Actually, um, it was Doctor Strange slash Doctor Doom slash Scarlet Witch's fault. Right. Anyway. Uh, wait, was it issue two or issue three the one where, issue three was the one where all the villains were there fighting. Issue so, three was primarily the villains fighting and then which, Scarlet I, Witch and Doctor Doom making the inversion spell what i love is that much like the heroes all of the villains had little bits that they decided to do amongst themselves as they were fighting all of these uh like as they were fighting the the uh sentinels which i do not get why they all agreed to show up and stop him anyway neither here nor there uh Unless you do, do you have a reason why you could tell me? Why they uh, it was depicted up? in the most recent issue of Magneto, basically. But the the oversimplified version is is simply that as much as that these guys are all sociopaths and or douchebags and or killers and or what have you, uh, they would rather fight the Red Skull or die trying than live in a world run by the Red Skull that would still and ha- prevent prohibit them from basically doing what they always do. They, they're better off operating in a world with heroes than they are with the world with a world run by the Red Skull was the basic premise behind why they teamed up to fight him. Anyway. Okay. So, issue four, we have everybody's new natures coming out, right? 
people are starting to turn on each other. The the X Men are declaring war on humanity. Um, specifically characters that were on the island yes but they sort of make it seem more general like we're just turning against humans entirely Mm -hmm. um tony stark is drinking alcohol again because they can't tell a conflicted tony stark story unless he's drinking alcohol it's just the one thing they always have to come back to well he's not actually conflicted he's inverted and because he's inverted, he's essentially the Tony Stark that he was pre-Iron Man, but, but now with an Iron Man suit. But I thought, like, post-Access, he's going to be still like this. He is. They've, they've, they've said that certain characters are Aren't going to remain back. inverted Okay. by the time well, the story is concluded. Still stupid. Not <laughs> as bad as the Claw, though. Claw kind of came out of nowhere. It really came out of nowhere. Like, that was my main issue with it. It's just, all of a sudden, it's like, we're going to, you know, like, oh, crap, we need to force the claw in here. Let's have somebody punch him, and then he's going to get sad, and then turn into the claw, and uh, be in the issue for, like, two pages, and then be gone. It's it's kind of funny that, because uh, when I, I read the preview that like CBR had posted before picking up the issue, and in uh-huh. like the first few pages, you have uh, Falcon Cap um, and the Hulk talking with Shield, and Hulk's talking like an idiot again, and you're just, and I'm just kind of like, well, oh my god, Marvel, come on, it's Doc Green, like like uh-huh. he's supposed to be a super intelligent Hulk right now, and then I read the issue, and I and when it like I'm like, oh wait, they are all inverted now. Yeah. And I just kind of find that the inverted version of a smart Hulk is a dumb Hulk. What it actually means is that the intelligent Hulk is, is. actually the inversion of the, the normal Hulk. Right. You know what I mean? It was just kind of. I was just kind of like, oh well, that that I guess that sucks for Dark <laughs> Doc Green. And then and then you're right. Like, it was kind of cool seeing Jarvis trying to stop the Avengers. Like because it's it's only select people that are actually inverted and not everyone. everyone. It's sort of like. Like, I immediately know that something is very, very wrong with you. Right. Um, but yeah. yeah I was the, like, the, the Avengers aren't killers. It's like, just weird because, and, and you're right, like, Claude comes out of nowhere. And but then it's, leaves just as quickly. Well, yeah, I, he's going to pop up in some tie-in issues, and he'll probably come back around in the next issue. I know, or, but it was so forced. It, it was... It was, yeah, it was weird. The thing that, about Claude that I don't understand, that okay, he's the Hulk's Hulk. Which it's like a digi evolution, he right. you know, Mecha Garuru Hulk, uh, Mon, um, but the idea that it's because the Hulk becomes sad that right. releases him. But when when Claw starts talking, he's he's like he's just like a douche. It's like the Hulk wants to be left alone, but I just want to destroy crap. Yeah. So like the the Hulk even further down than the Hulk. Like you you think of like Bruce Banner and he's just kind of like this insecure, you know, repressed, you know, scientist. And beneath that is this this monster that's a manifestation of his anger, you know. That but at the same time just wants to be left alone. But he's he's the anger. Like if anything, Claw is the real anger. Like he's the he's the real Hulk. Mm-hmm. You know, because if the Hulk's about being angry, that being left alone doesn't, you know, you, you might be. Real Hulk means that apparently Green Hulk is frustrated Hulk. And yeah. Claw is angry Hulk. But he's not angry. He's just, he's a douche. He's just, yeah, he's just, he's just destructive incarnate. And I don't know. But I think if he's like, he's like destruction incarnate, he's not going to sit here and insult all the heroes. He's just going to like run off and start punching buildings. 
Like, why is he going to bother with, like, having all these quips? Well, I mean, I think it's it's clear from this issue, uh, from the, the previous three issues, that despite the the con- like the events that are transpiring in the issue, all the characters find time to stop and spout stuff. You know, that was one of the things like I had mentioned when we were talking about the first issue or the first couple of issues. Like I did think the second issue was a lot better. Yeah, uh, I did read it. It was, flipped, it was a little better. The third issue became kind of like the first issue again because it was basically the same thing as the first issue but with villains. Right. And then this issue was kind of like setting up all like like teasing all the the different inversion stuff but it it was all the characters despite being in a situation that's like highly chaotic are fine like all the villains are just like now they're sociopaths so i i almost believe them more than the heroes Mm -hmm. making quips while they're doing stuff with the exception of spider-man who probably is a sociopath anyway on some level Uh, yes um but it does it's weird because on one hand there's there's little one-liners that i absolutely love like rick remender is really good with one-liners what I found that he's having a problem with in this event that doesn't necessarily come up in his other books is that he doesn't know where to place them mm-hmm. in in context with the disaster that's going on. When the villains are fighting Red Skull, sure, they don't really they're not really phased by massive destruction. And even though our superheroes have seen destruction after destruction after destruction, you still kind of need to sell the desperation of the moment. And I wasn't feeling the desperation because they're all cracking jokes the entire time. Yeah. Now, what I also think is interesting is that apparently uh, Red Onslaught Skull, whatever, was apparently like standing in one spot all night. Like every time they cut back, like cut back to him and show him, he's like in like the exact same spot with the two sentinels around him. It's like, like why weren't you off doing more stuff? Well, I think the Skull Slot we can call him. Okay. Uh, um, I I think that he was he was literally pure psychic energy. Okay. So I think that where he was standing was where Red Skull's body was. Mm. Like he's almost like a a, a, a psychic energy projection yeah, that's say, erupting projection. from okay. Red Skull's body. So he might not have actually had the ability to move. Yeah. Uh, so so how how do you think Access is going? I I think that Access has been a bit of a struggle. It's by far not the worst event I've read. I might be clouded by my general love of Remender's work, hmm. uh, but I can acknowledge that he's he's struggling a bit with the scripts. I would also say that I'm okay with the fact that the book's coming out like three issues a month mm-hmm. uh, over the next three months, but at the same time, it's clear that certain artists like Lionel Francis Yu, I remember his characters don't always have the most emotive faces, and I feel like his most recent Marvel work has been kind of rushed. Like, It'll be pages or panels here or there that are like really nicely rendered, mm-hmm. and then other th- other times where it feels like he could have put a little more work into that face, into that that posture, that scene, and it just kind of like when when you're trying to hit an, a, a, an emotional beat and the characters just look kind of devoid of any emotion, it's hard to sell it. Yeah, I, at least when the the last because he did, I think he did three and four, um, maybe he did two as well. I don't remember who did two. Um, it's it just feels a bit more rushed. So I feel like they, they've had an accelerated schedule. I'm sure they've been working on it for a while, but I know like he probably went from working on Avengers where he did an arc recently to this. And even in Avengers, I felt like his work was kind of rushed. Whereas you see, like, I think his most recent, like Mark Millar work was um, superior. And oh man, were there some pages in that book that were just breathtaking. Mm-hmm. 
you know so i just feel like the art and even the first artist it, andy cooper i was getting mixed up whoever it was even his artwork felt kind of rushed yeah uh, and, and and i just think that there's something where you know is that going to be the case for the whole book and then i like the script and the art just aren't syncing up there's just scenes that just don't feel right whether it be the pacing or just like the progression of events mm-hmm. you know just everything feels off and my last point because i realize i keep talking a lot is evan aka kid apocalypse aka genesis you know he's been in remender's book since basically the beginning of uncanny x-force which mm-hmm. i love like you know how much i love uncanny x-force You've mentioned um, it once or twice, yes. A couple of times, yeah. Um, and I feel like I've realized that I, I know Remender has said that this is kind of like his like his final say on the whole apocalypse mythology or origin or not origin, like mythology. And the scenes with Evan are weird. Like in the first issue he gets stabbed, and in the second issue he's like recovering, but they don't really mention the fact that he's recovering. And then in issue three, he's like, Oh, I just need to heal. Like we haven't spent any time with this person that got stabbed. Like he's supposed to be an important character. And then by the end of number three, because of the invert, I'm, a, I'm we're led to believe it's the inversion. It's caused him to like, like roid up into like a more, a, you know, he looks more like classical apocalypse. Yeah. He's also, he's a little inconsistent because in issue three, he's like, uh, he's like, Hey, you know, they're right. Xavier's like gone, you know, we don't need to like we don't need to have Red Skull's body, and then in this issue he's like, "Yep, no X Men are right. We're gonna go fight this war." Yeah, yeah, that's true. They flip flop. Like it's almost as if maybe the inversion hadn't completely set in, yeah. and by the end of three, and that it was over the course of number four that it really started to take root. It's also because like the scene with Iron Man where he lands in the baseball stadium in San Francisco is just like. We don't like. We realize that like we're supposed to see the change happening like instantaneous. Like we're we're being reintroduced to these characters in their inverted state, but it's like this this how much time has passed between them leaving the island and Iron Man showing up with an extremist act. Like, I know he's weeks. smart, but like it's been about two weeks. They mention at some point that uh, no one's seen Tony Stark for about two weeks. Oh, okay. So it's been two weeks. Never mind. I rescind that. Um, I I like the Evan character a lot. I I I had already known for a while that apoc- like classical apocalypse was going to be showing back up. Uh, I realized that in a lot of ways the character is still the Evan I know, but I feel like if this had been a smaller book, if this hadn't been a line-wide Marvel book, and it had been either contained in Uncanny Avengers or another Uncanny X-Force volume or something, and Remender was only dealing with a handful of characters, I feel like whatever emotional journey Evan's about to go on in this new transformation would have been more poignant and more more meaningful on a smaller scale but mm-hmm. now i feel like he's trying to get in these evan plot points but because he's trying to tackle so much and event books are hard like i give credit to anyone even the books that the event books that i've read that i just did not like at all the fact that they had they, that you know competent quality writers you know just they, they struggle with them they're they're a tough uh, tough beast well yeah the schedule is entirely different and the the scope and the fact that you're you're micromanaging basically everyone else's all the books that might tie into it and trying to make sure that you show the full story but leave some things for other books to like like, like yeah. the villain thing was expanded on in Magneto but you don't necessarily have to go run out and read it but it feels like it does kind of feel like when you read an event book there are pieces bits and pieces that are missing mm-hmm. anyway I, I we have a few more issues you know the book it's, it's a nine issue long event. Um, 
you know, the Evan story could come around and really surprise me. But now I think I'm just afraid that Remender is struggling, keeping all the pieces cohesive and emotionally resonant. And if, if I think that's where the book will ultimately lose me, if he just if he's just playing chess really fast, you know. Right. That's yeah. all I got to say. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't really read a lot of Marvel events. I read Civil War as it was happening, sort of. I should have to say sort of because I don't remember much about Civil War. I know there's a lot of delays that ever since then they've been taking further steps to make sure, okay, we're not going to have these delays again. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we've sort of seen some suffering of quality because of that, like we're talking about with the art. But one thing with the writing and all this is that it feels, you know, so rushed. They're like, hey, we have so much we want to say, so we're going to spread it out over nine issues in three months. You know, this sort of ambitious ideal but then reading each one it's like holy crap they're trying to do so much in each and every issue and we had this discussion when we were talking about the first one there's no pause at any point there's no like okay just let everything sink in let us just kind of like handle this moment and then we'll move on it's like oh by the way carnage is saving people and uh here moving on now here's tony stark inside of the football stadium or the baseball stadium, and he's drinking alcohol again. And then, uh, oh yeah, uh, the X Men are all massing an army. But let's just go ahead and have the claw come out of nowhere, and then the issue's over. You're, you're right, almost. And I, I don't want to say it's my place to say stuff like this, but it would have been cool if. All right, so you got Uncanny Avengers, where a lot of the plot points from this were kind of like not necessarily like seeded, but also blooming. So you, you get up to the point where Uncanny Avengers ended with like some of the characters in the concentration camps on mm-hmm. Genosha. First three issues of Axis will be solely about the battle with the Red Skull. Include the villains in there, whatever, you know. And basically, the first three issues basically end the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, with the inversion. Then end. Or at least Act 1. Like, it, it is Act 1. Um, book 1, Act 2. Book 2. Okay, now we're on to Book right. 2, the inversion. You know, so book two, instead of being like the next three issues, because they're already like they're launching Superior Iron Man and, and other books like uh, Captain America and the Mighty Avengers, they're all dealing with the inversions. Just leave it with the three issues. Don't do Axis like four, five, and six. Just have like three or four or whatever months, you know, of these books coming out that deal with all these inverted characters. So the story just kind of spreads out. You can now. You, you've read the first three issues, you're like, all right, these characters are inverted. Now I can go read, you know, if I want to, I can read their books. Mm-hmm. And then come back around for, like, another three issues that are kind of like the closing piece where, like, the main thread of Red Skull or, like, whatever the the main thread of this book actually is gets resolved. Maybe some characters become de-inverted and some stay for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. But, like, instead of trying to, like you said, like, they rushed, like, they're, they're, they put so much on the table in issue four... And I know that like they're they're hoping that you go and read Spear Spider-Man, but instead of even having an issue four, just already open it up into the individual titles, which what whatever. Open yeah. up to the individual titles and then come back around for like another three issues as like the epilogue or the like the final act. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's I mean, it, as we've said, it's it's a very difficult thing to handle. Uh and they're the creative team is absolutely doing the best that they can. But does not mean that it is the best thing that's ever happened and I mean, there there's probably is a way to do it better that's just one possible theory yeah you know it's 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 easy it's easy for us to say because we're not in the midst of it absolutely you know, we're, we're not trying to to balance several books uh plus 
you know, this big giant event plus trying to figure out, okay, what comes after? What's the future after that that now we have to set up? Because Marvel's going to do another big event right after. Secret Wars. Yes, which we will talk a little bit more about in a little bit here. But, before... but I think we have a quiz, right? Oh, we do, before we get to all of that. Quiz time. Oh, it is time for a quiz, uh, Nick. And if you fail to get three out of the five questions correct, we will... I've already used that threat. Invert my family. Invert... Uh, no, because it's not about access. But, you know, yeah, we'll say we're going to invert your family uh, and and your loved ones, except for me, because the in, uh, inversion inverted of me is, is like a really nice guy who likes to do stuff for people, and nobody wants that in the world. You're also uh, assuming that you're one of my loved ones. How dare you? Boom. Anyway this week it is a crossover quiz <gasps> so i will ask you some questions about uh, if certain crossovers did or did not happen or details about certain crossovers are okay. you ready i am ready okay idw's infestation storyline featured a crossover of four separate universes which one of these is not one of them oh, okay. a, All right. All right, go. a star trek B, Ghostbusters, C, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, or D, Transformers? Read them again. A, Star Trek, B, Ghostbusters, C... The answer is Star Trek. Huh? The answer is Star Trek. All right, okay. Uh, No, it's not. It is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. No, they were a part of it. No, they weren't. It was G.I. Joe, Star Trek, Ghostbusters, and Transformers. Teenage... Are you not believing me? Do you want me to pull this up for you? IDW. Infest. Okay, fine. They were part of Infestation Two. Ah, but I didn't ask about that. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. Okay. It was what? What was the real answer? Uh, it was it's... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're not part of it. Oh, right, 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 right. Because yeah. they were Infestation Two. Yeah. Uh, uh, dang it. Did this crossover actually happen? Punisher and Eminem. Yes. Yes, indeed, it did happen. That is correct. Yes, it did. Uh, it sounds awful. Yeah. Uh, which late night talk show host did the Avengers meet in Avengers number two thirty nine? Not David Letterman. It was one of the older ones. I'm having a hard time thinking of his name. Oh, fudge. What was it? What was his name? Oh my god! Do I get points for knowing that it's not David Letterman? Uh, no, you don't, because it is in fact David Letterman. Oh! And the fact that you are so convinced that it's not David Letterman means that you get it wrong, <laughs> oh, even though you have not provided an answer, because you are staunch it's, on that it's, the it's 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 David Letterman. Oh, too bad. Oh, You've already who's missed the other it. late night talk show host that I'm thinking of that like. I think I know. Uh, passed away or... I think Spider Man went on SNL at some point. Spider Man teamed up with Jay Leno. I know that. Oh gosh, um, <laughs> what are you doing, Spider Man? Um, standards. But I, there, whoever like that big talk show guy was, be, like before Letterman, before Leno, like Carson? he was probably like one of the late night guys. But I can't think of his name right now. It's driving me nuts. Anyway, it was David Letterman. Uh, don't look it up right now. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. The quiz. Did this Fine. crossover Fine. actually happen? 
okay. Nightwing and Darkwing Duck. No. That's correct. It did not happen. But you wished it happened. I Is that did. What? Yes, I. I had because I, I had to make one up, and for some reason, uh, that that really worked in my mind, and I'm a little sad now that it hasn't happened. They both have the name Wing. Uh, man, I'm sad. Okay, so you're two. You're two for two. Or you're oh, two and two. This is a close one. Uh, and this is an easy question, too, which I'm a little You want to give me a hard one? Uh, yeah, a hard one in your pocket? L- let me see if I can come up with a hard one real quick. Tell me this one first while you're figuring it out. Okay. Oh, this one? Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's more fun if I... Uh, no, it's, it's more fun if, if I don't ask this one yet in case I have to fall back on it. Uh, okay no I think you you would know that one as well okay this is a pretty weird one okay let me uh, let me just make sure that there's nothing else Uh, man that one time that Spider-Man met uh, met French Toast Man from the Ren Stimpy universe Uh, there's also a lot of weird stories about Superman meeting like famous comedians from like you know the early days of movies mm-hmm. like jerry lewis uh dark man oh jerry lewis also met batman that's a little weird batman doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would go on a talk show uh jerry lewis also met wonder woman jerry lewis was a comedian not a okay all, all right, right here we go i think i figured one out uh this is this one is so bizarre. Okay. Uh which uh which food cartoon mascot did Superman team up with in the late 80s? Which food like a cereal brand? Uh poss- possibly. Some food mascot. He teamed up with in the late 80s. Oh my god. What the heck was around in the late 80s? That's when I was born. Um, I don't know. Lucky Charms? No. Because uh, it wasn't actually cereal. It was the Quick Bunny. The Quick Bunny? From like Nesquik. Like the uh, chocolate oh, milk. Oh, Nesquik Bunny. Yep. Superman Close. meets. I, actually, I think I knew that. Superman meets the Quick Bunny. Oh, man. Uh, man, you should have let me give you the easy one, which was Superman faced which famous boxer in the ring? Oh my God! And I was even thinking about that one, Muhammad Ali. Yes, which said, I'm glad I didn't ask it because now I get to invert all of your loved ones. No. Your your father will actually go to the Philippines and demand money via wire transfer. <laughs> Uh, so the people I actually understand that reference, I got an email this morning from my dad, um, who's not really the most email friendly person. Um, and it basically said that he was on a, at a conference in the Philippines and Which makes he didn't no bring sense. enough money, uh, and he needed 20, me to wire him $2,600 and that once I responded, he would give me more information. And I'm like, I just talked to my dad the other day. And I also visited him like two days ago, and he also can't afford to fly to the Philippines, let alone try and find a way back. So clearly his email got hacked, 
but it made for an entertaining Facebook post. Yes, it did. Uh, but I can't believe you're just gonna leave your father in the Philippines to to die. I mean, you're a cruel, that's, cruel man. That's okay. He'll he'll be fine. He he you know he likes adventures. He'll 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 meet some Filipino lady or something and start a new family. <laughs> Disgusting. You know what we haven't talked about yet on the show? Uh, it's no, it's November fifth. And I, I know we try to keep things, you know, as timeless as possible. But, you know, Nick, you have to remember, remember the 5th of November. Uh, View for Vendetta? Yeah. Did you watch the, I haven't watched it yet, but it was uh, Cinema Sins, who I'm becoming very fond of. I guess they did a View for Vendetta one. No. Uh, kind of in in light of it being November 5th. Like, they kind of went back, watched it, and kind of looked at how it stacked up. After all these years, yeah, I didn't think it was a really great movie when I watched it. I didn't but... love it. I didn't hate it, and I certainly haven't watched it in years. So it's... yeah, oh yeah, they did one two days ago. But yeah, uh, I'd be curious to watch it. Uh, I mean, I read the book. I still have never read the book. I liked again. It's also been years. It's probably been about the same amount of time. I know it's a lot weirder. That... It's a lot more out there. But yeah, yeah, no, the the movie kind of like. Like you try, you kind of get the Wachowskis, which you know they try to be kind of philosophical and heady, you know. But at the same time, like that all gets um, dulled by the action. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is much less action and much more psychological and philosophical, it, and it was good. I mean, it, it's hard to argue that Alan Moore is a a great writer slash a crazy um, person slash a crazy person. Um, but you know, you know, I, I like to be from that. I don't think I could ever sit down and read it again. But that's my own personal thing. No, that's fair. Um, some 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 things you just got to read once. Yeah. Now, but let's let's move on to news now. Uh, and the reason that I did the crazy crossover quiz, uh, that's fun to say. Crazy is, crossover quiz. Crazy crossover quiz, is because Marvel has announced a really bizarre crossover. Of the Marvel Universe and Attack on Titan, the popular anime series. Uh, I have not watched too much Attack on Titan personally. I have not watched it at all. Uh, it's basically giant people. I know the basic. Well, yeah, but it. but the idea of the crossover is uh, what if the Titans attack the Marvel Universe? So it's it's bizarre, but it makes a lot of sense really because you're taking a very what's a very popular property right now it probably is the most popular anime that's on or that was on or like that's around currently uh you know and you're mashing it up with something else that's insanely popular right now it it it's i think it's happening in japan i don't know if i don't think have they said that there's any plan for it to get here like, I think it's being worked on out of Japan right now, but I, I imagine it will make its way over here. Yeah. Uh, but it's still super weird. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not a joke. I love how they had to confirm that it's not a joke. It, why wouldn't it be a joke? It's kind of weird. Yeah, but like like in the tweet, like the tweet starts with not a joke, folks. Attack on Titan and the Marvel Universe. It's uh. It's yeah. well. You said you had a lot to say about it. Do you have a lot to say about it? Did I say I had a lot to say about it? Because I you said that about that a lot. You, of things. you made now. You it, I took it as a joke, but you said that this was all we were going to be talking about on the show. Oh, oh, yeah, no, 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 that that was a joke. No, I just thought it really merited uh, discussing because it's uh, it's really interesting. 
I just, you know, like I, I obviously it's a book that we will say, quote unquote, doesn't count. But it, I'm just wondering, like, how far it, it kind of makes me want to watch Attack on Titan. I've, it's kind of been on, again, my peripherals uh, yeah. to, to check out. You know, it's on my Netflix to watch list, but that list is unfathomably long. Yeah. So, I mean, that kind of makes me want to kind of move it up the list a bit just so that if I ever get around to reading this crossover, I could appreciate it more. Now, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't a crossover. Um, there's a Batman story I read that was uh, actually done by a really famous you know, manga artist or novelist or whatever. Um, shoot. What was it called? Uh, Batman Japan drug story. Let's see what Google gets me. Ah, Batman Child of Dreams. That is what it was. Oh, that one uh, from Kia Asamiya. Yes. Yeah, I read like two quarter, uh, two like a half of it. I read half of that book. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really remember much about it. Um, I don't know why that popped in my head. Probably because it's the only other similar thing to this, and that's all my brain I, can know, relate I, it I to. I wish that more. You know, I wish that more like Japanese like manga artists like the in my mind preferably like the the highest quality caliber of ours would work on more American books like Marvel or DC or whatever. I just yeah. I like the style. I don't like I I don't want to say the word like I, that I've grown out of reading it because it's it's a it's a medium all its own. Well, but it's like I, I have a hard time sitting down with like the big book and like I I'm just the kind of guy where I have the attention span of a goldfish, which apparently is not as short as people think. And um like a, a like a five you know five to ten minute read you know of a a twenty to thirty page issue is like basically all my brain can handle, which is sad. Yeah. Well, but but you have to realize that. Uh, these chapters coming out in these books, you know, they come out weekly fairly, but usually uh, in like the really popular ones like Naruto, One Piece, stuff like that come out in shorter chapters that are usually around like 10 pages once per week. Oh, that that I knew, but right. I never read it in that format. So for me, it, when it's I was keeping it, been... yeah, when I was keeping it with Naruto, I, there's a couple of sites that I would check that would get like the translation up, you know, after a day or two. Uh, which is really revealing a lot about myself. Uh, <laughs> David, here. stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. Oh man, no. There's so much, so many worse things about my past that we're not going into. <laughs> not really worse, <laughs> just more like illicit. No, like more like embarrassing for me. That's not actually embarrassing. Just going back to my anime days. That's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, I should be grateful for them because they've brought me into comic books. We'll talk about uh, them in therapy. Well, but but here's what I was gonna say. So, you, you know, like you said, you feel like you kind of move past them. I remember, uh, you know, I have a friend who always keeps up on anime, and he'll show me some of the, you know, really good ones that come out. And I asked him one time, just like out of boom, like you know, why are so many? Like it didn't even like really hit me. But like, you know, man, why are so many like, you know, taking place in high schools or have like these teenage characters? He's like, because that's the main audience, you know, like that. That age group is the are the people who are watching. There's not a lot of adults watching anime in Japan, uh, and you know that, like that makes sense. That's kind of why I can see people who are our age, you know, who like, oh yeah, I used to watch it a lot, but now I don't really watch it too much because it's really not. I mean, there are some that do breach deeper levels than people realize, but you can say that too about children's, you know, shows or or 
stuff meant for teenagers here but like in general it's it's for an audience that's not us it's for a younger audience yeah which that makes sense i gotta find uh i just jumped on comicsology real quick because they actually talk about it in the book wayward by jim uh i don't really know how to say his last name it's actually not that hard but either way um he in in the I've, I've only read the first two issues the third one came out i think last week um but in the back he's had supplemental material and a lot of it actually talks about um like certain like manga you know japanese you know pop culture influences and i'm trying to like jump all the way to the back now I, i'm not going to go over it on the show but it's yeah. just interesting that you said that because it is really interesting to think about the the cultural influence on where it comes from mm-hmm. that's all i got all right, cool. Let's move on to our next story, which we're going to talk a little bit about Marvel. Uh, you know, Marvel has been releasing a lot of these teasers up till now. We've known that there's this big Secret Wars event coming out, but there's also been this whole hint that they're going to rehash or revisit some of these old stories or put new twists on some of these old stories, uh, such as you know, Civil War, Age of Ultron versus Marvel Zombies. Um, planet hulk and you know we've kind of avoided talking about them because there's just been so many and they've been so strange Mm -hmm. but now it kind of feels like we've hit the end of the teasers do you feel that way or do you feel like there's more coming it's i think the brunt i think i think the these these tease these things that are teasing like spring slash summer 2015 have um have largely wrapped i think with this everything ends all right yeah so there's the everything ends one the one i want to talk about that just before is the only one that i'm actually really excited about uh which is x-men 92 go on because i have seen it i have seen it yeah so uh i don't know i don't know what uh information is even released so far about it i don't think i mean there's not really information about any, any of these um but they're apparently going to be revisiting the world of the X-Men uh, animated series, which I stand as one of the best superhero TV shows of all time. Definitely one of the best cartoons. I would say that and Batman the Animated Series were like the best superhero comic book cartoons of the 90s, mm-hmm. uh, possibly of, of all time. So someone wants to fight me on that, great, let's do it. Um, but there's so much that, that the X-Men cartoon series got right and just to have even like a little bit of a revisit to that universe is going to be a lot of fun uh but let's you know let's talk a little bit more about everything ends what does that mean okay uh first off kind of in relation to the x-men 92 but in the the, a lot of previous teasers in general i was reading one of uh axel alonzo's axel in charge columns Mm -hmm. and he says, like, not a dream, not a hoax. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. Um, excuse me. He he basically like he says that these teasers aren't a what if, they aren't a whatever. Like these stories happen, or they will happen, or they uh-huh. count. Like, you know, obviously like Planet Hulk was not a axe wielding Captain America fighting an army of Hulks on top of a dinosaur. You know, but for But for, what if it was? But but this story 
whether it's its own thing or feeds into the larger what everyone assumes is the Secret Wars mega event that Marvel's that Marvel's got cooking, you know that these teasers reveal stories that do count. So we are going to get in some shape or form a story about like Peter Parker and Mary Jane having a little girl, and and basically that whole Mephisto business not really mattering. Now, do you think, um, do you think these are going to be one shots? I mean, I don't know if you're going to get to that. Sorry if I'm jumping ahead it, here. No, I I think that. If if these are tied up in Secret Wars, I think that they will be ancillary material. I think that they will take the form of either short miniseries or one-shots. Um, or could potentially bleed over into ongoing books that will more directly relate to the ongoing Secret Wars story. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only way I could see them taking shape. Otherwise, it's just about the fact that Secret Wars is ultimately about universes colliding. So here's a bunch of alternate takes on familiar or and or unfamiliar things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that, but regardless of what shape these things take, they count as much as anything counts. Um, as far as everything ends, I'm inclined to believe that Marvel wants you to think that everything ends in the uh, sense of like say a reboot. But I think I do not think that it's going to result in a new fifty two style reboot or no. even a hard reboot that would create like a new ultimate universe that, you know, is the characters restarting right now in twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen. Yeah, whatever. no, 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 absolutely not. What do you think? Uh it's hard, you know, it it's it's hard to say because there's so much um there's so much guessing at this point and that's mm-hmm. kind of what they want us to do. They want us talking about this. So we're kind of giving in to, uh, their will, which curse you Marvel for that reason. Then, um, time runs out. So, you know, there's the time runs out event leading into everything ends. And we've kind of talked about the fact that they're saying all of these teasers have to do with, uh, or, or that the secret, the secret wars event that's coming up is it might be a infinite crisis sort of storyline, where things just kind of kind of get reshaped. Where maybe it, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit more like a soft reboot. I mean, it's really, you know, so much guess guesswork at at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 the most intriguing because none of these Marvel events or these teasers have really big impacts on me um they're you know they're they're not events that had any special meaning the x-men 92 is the only one so far uh that i you know like yeah i'm I'm excited about that i'm you know that seems cool like the planet hulk teaser i'm like that looks really awesome but i never read planet hulk so i don't know like that could have actually been what happened i don't really care Mm -hmm. um but but I, my my interest is peaked. I'm I, you know, I kind of get on Marvel a little bit for doing gimmicky stuff. Uh, but I always like I always want to be surprised, and I'd like to be surprised. So maybe this time I will be, and we'll be you know we'll be talking about this, uh, in a year or so, and just being like, oh man, they really pulled it out with that. Uh, I don't know if they will, but hey, please prove me wrong. Is you know it something is coming with Secret Wars mm-hmm. and it's hard to say what 
it's hard to say that regardless of what's happening during the story, that what it ultimately amounts to and what comes out of it. I think is when you're reading, I think something that's just as important as the story being told is the stories that are going to be told as a result of said story. And that's something we kind of have to keep an eye on the horizon with serialized these Marvel and DC stories is mm-hmm. because the stories are only necessarily, I wouldn't say as good, but as relevant as what comes out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so Secret Wars, Marvel is clearly trumping up to be as a big deal. You know, yes, they trump up Spider-Verse. Yes, they trump up Axis, Original Sin, Fear Itself, Civil War, so on and so forth. But it seems like they're really saying, this time, guys, really, really, and I don't think they're crying wolf. Like, this is a big one. And one of the things that makes me believe it's a big one is the you know the primary involvement of Jonathan Hickman. Mm-hmm. Now, it could, we could come down to it, and we could be having the same conversation like we're having with Axis, which is that a lot of stuff is happening, but it's not you know it's not as cohesive, and it's just clipping by at a fast pace, so on and so forth, because event books are hard. Mm-hmm. But Jonathan Hickman is the kind of guy where I think he's been playing this since he like took over Fantastic Four. I was gonna, I was gonna say uh, his Fantastic Four run is you know praised and. There's just so much stuff that he was setting up in there that people love. Like he's 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 competent in these bigger stories. Yeah, and I think that I, I it sounds like these were ideas that he brought to the table before even getting the Avengers gig, and mm-hmm. that ultimately it led to him getting the Avengers gig so that he could expand it in that way. But this is something that he these are ideas that he clearly had designed for the whole Marvel universe because he really did say. This is what if Marvel did Crisis on Infinite Earths. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the the idea that it could lead to a Marvel reboot. I don't think that Marvel is going to reboot their universe. No, they no, no. might get they might get close to the the way that DC did the New Fifty Two, in which like you're still taking place several years into the careers of the superheroes. Yeah, but that certain things prior to quote unquote present day have been altered yeah you know. well they can also use this as, as a chance to sort of clean up continuity a little bit like squeeze out maybe some of the stuff that is kind of tainting the continuity or mm-hmm. you know is it's it's just getting harder and harder to explain it out i don't know i don't know yeah i mean marvel marvel's always been fairly unapologetic about its continuity it's like okay yes tony stark started in like vietnam and his his original issue but as far as we're concerned you know he now took it now took place in afghanistan yeah you know um like in some of the earlier fantastic four comics they were establishing that like reed richards you know was was susan storm's college professor uh and that like he lived with her grandmother when she was a little girl and that like that's where their attraction started like weird things like that you know that they they've already even as recently as a couple within the last couple of years sort of was like no this is what actually happened like they're both around the same age you know mm-hmm. you know except you know yeah he may have lived with their grand stayed with their grandmother while he was in college but she was like maybe uh, two or three years younger than him at most yeah you know so it's stuff like that they they if they felt they need to make a change they would make a change on the go and then you would just keep reading with that assumption in mind yeah. So we'll find yeah, out. I don't know. Like you, this could be this could be a situation where, if if the publishing side is truly trying to stay lock in step with their movie side, you you could be seeing 
in in so many ways and i don't want to fear monger like the uh, uh, the 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 propping up of the inhumans with the reduction of the mutants and mm-hmm. um you know quicksilver and scarlet witch like stuff is stuff is going to be happening in the upcoming uh, uncanny avengers that might relate to that it's all crazy that's the, that's the thing what has me kind of excited if a bit uh uh mix of trepidation with secret wars is that you know really until we get closer it could be anything yeah all we know is that worlds will collide yes they will speaking of big uh collisions dc has announced that they are doing a big event called convergence which is a big nine-week event uh where apparently they are going to take the time now uh, to explain the continuity of the new 52. Uh, essentially, they said Jim Lee, according to co-poster Jim Lee, the event will tackle the most asked questions about DC's reboot, uh, whether key storylines in DC history still count and continuity, and what happened to some of the, of the beloved characters who have yet to be introduced. Hmm. So this is happening uh, in April and May, nine-week event uh the teaser image has brainiac uh i think it's uh convergence will involve an array of creators no 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 where's the thing about um unfortunately scott lobdell's involved uh oh okay miniseries will also introduce new villain telos who is born of brainiac and his mysterious planet so this is interesting uh, I think it's interesting that they waited three years, over three years, by the time this happens, to finally be like, okay, you know, let's let's talk about the new Fifty Two and what it actually looks like, and take the time to answer these questions because this seems like something they should have done before now. You know, well, hard to say. In a lot of ways, you know, they whether if they done it in like the first year. It was too soon. the The new fifty two needed time to take root, and 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 obviously it seemed like DC it was struggling for a while. I with, agree. With just kind of like trying to assert exactly what it meant to be the new fifty two. So now I think they're at a place where they're more comfortable with like like what the past of the new fifty two is, where they want to go with the new fifty two. So doing something like convergence, where they can say bring back pre new fifty two characters. Mm-hmm. Um you know in other alternate worlds it, it, it it's a way of saying like all right we know where we're going but here's kind of like you you've been with us for the last like 3 years here's kind of like a, an intermission and and convergence is in a lot of ways uh intermission because it it's basically in place while DC moves to oh, Burbank yeah, California yeah, we've, we've talked about this a little bit yeah so a lot of this has been in place oops sorry prior to you, you know everything's basically been leading this because they needed it done well in advance uh and i'm sure they still they already have plans in place for post convergence um but i mean i think that that the world we return to after convergence is still going to be a very new 52 world oh absolutely this seems so more hopefully they drop the new part yeah <laughs> that, yeah i think i think they're they're way past due for that um we definitely yeah, this this isn't going to change the new 52 world. 
it's just taking a moment to i mean it might in some way that events does you know introducing this new character or whatnot uh but yeah it's just a way for them to step back and be like okay you keep asking us what's the deal with this you know where's this guy okay did did this event actually happen nobody's talked about it like they're just gonna say okay yes you know he's still around but he's not you know he's not a superhero yet or this event didn't happen but this one did or this one did but it happened differently than you remember um yeah i I, i'm curious i don't obviously there's going to be the main event book and then it seems like it's going to be that you just pick up the ones it's kind of like when they did uh villains month or whatever or like the the new 50 or the future's end month they did recently where you just pick up the ones that you want to follow mm-hmm. but no no I, i'm curious i don't i don't know at, at this it, it, it could be a vacation for me as far as dc's books go yeah yeah that, you know? that would make but sense. it could just be a you know I'll be selective. Like it really depends. Like now, once we get to know more details, I'll decide mm-hmm. if I'm, you know, how excited I am or not. But you know, I do. What some things that I like that I'm hearing, you know, all rumor and speculation at this point is that I guess like internally, DC is asking for I guess what they call blue sky approaches, um, more in line with like what they've been doing with Batgirl and Gotham Academy, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. That things where it's really more creator driven that there's more of a creator aesthetic to a project and Uh not just like this is kind of a house style because you can't argue the fact that like dc's kind of had a a house style for several years now and that's all well and good but it's led to a bit of stagnation across the line Uh where the new 52 just does not feel very new with books like the way batgirl is you know love it or hate it it's distinct and what the new 52 needs to see to be distinct is to have as distinct a line as possible. Marvel, pass or fail, has been doing that for the last two three years. You know, since like the original Marvel. Now, mm-hmm. um, you know, trying to focus more on creator aesthetic, you know, than what a, a, t- a creative team can bring to a book than the character itself, if anything. Yeah. Um, and it feels like something that DC should have realized was more important. You know, for the long game. And but you know what? if they're catching up now they're catching up now. There's been plenty of good DC books over the last three years. And I think there'll be plenty more coming up. But it's, I'm, I like what I'm hearing out of the camp that if for, even for DC this is kind of a, an intermission, a refresh for them mm-hmm. to truly lead into the, the new New Fifty Two. Yes, this is all my hopes. Very good. Yes. Well, just like everything ends, we have our hopes and we'll see what happens. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, I think, but there's only one other news story we had on there that uh, Pat- Patrick Fugit. Patrick Fugit, Fugit. has been Fugit. cast Fugit. as the lead in Kirkman's Outcast series. I know him from absolutely nothing, so good for him. Yeah, good job. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, no, what we got. I'm I'm trying not to be critical of the fact that they're rushing this into a TV show because I think I think they're actually doing a, a good job with the comic. I just don't want the comic to start serving the TV show, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, The Walking Dead is was around for, you know, like, what, 70-plus issues? Oh, it, was, yeah, it was so well, like, established in what it was. You know, and now it's, yeah, it's all in lockstep mm-hmm. with, you know, Ocas is going to be basically in lockstep with the with the show, so. Yep. But, you know, because both, both can still be good 
but we'll see. We'll see. Don't need to be doomsayers. No, no. I I just want it to be what it is. You know? You know? You yeah, know. no. You know? All right. I think that about... Ra- oh, uh, recommend. Do you have anything to recommend here, Nick? Uh, go read Spider-Verse. Okay. Well, in my in, in similar ways, I'm going to say go read Tooth and Claw. Boom. Boom. Recommending the books that we read this week. Which, <laughs> yep. Hey, nothing wrong with that. I think nothing I think it's this is a really good time to get on the ground floor of Tooth and Claw. So yeah, read it. Uh all right. Anything else? Anything else you want to say to the people? Um I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the show. It's been so much fun doing this show week after occasionally a week off, week after it, week. It sounds that... like we're about to like give this show up. We're no we're not it's just it's it's fun doing it i feel like we, we ultimately do it for ourselves because we probably have half a listener and it's getting you know it's getting smaller and smaller each <laughs> time smaller smaller. <laughs> but you know it just if, if there is other if there are people listening you know week after week you know and they're just not emailing us or not commenting on our facebook or something that's cool the fact that that, that, that there's at least one person listening you know, it's just it's just fun to do this and know that we, that that hopefully our perspectives can make an impact, even in, you know, like comic books. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That makes me feel good. It makes yeah. me feel good doing this week after week. I didn't know that uh, Grant Morrison wrote two issues of Hellblazer. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Very cool. I'll have to look forward to that when I eventually read through Hellblazer. Anyway, <laughs> right, right. Next challenge. Yeah, that is doing it for us. Uh, If you want to find out more about the show, head over to heckyeahcomics.com. You can contact us by emailing us at heckyeahcomics at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at DavLuz. You can find Nick uh, acting opposite of his usual nature because of the Red Skull's evil influence. And you will, of course, find us here next week doing yet another show. And if you enjoyed, yep, if you enjoyed it, please tell your friends. If you hated it, of course, please tell your enemies. And until next week, goodbye. Goodbye. Worst episode ever.